Hi, my name is Daniel Lumpkin, and this is Nonprofit Step by Step, a podcast that's dedicated to showing you, the audience, what a nonprofit organization does, their entire process step by step, just to give you a better understanding of the organizations that you're considering donating your time or money to. This week, we're going to be examining the Georgia's Hunters for the Hungry program, which is a nonprofit organization that is also a joint effort between the Georgia Wildlife Federation and the Atlanta Food Banks. It simply allows hunters to donate their venison to food banks across Atlanta, across Georgia, to feed the hungry. I think what I needed to do, even before I uh, started the step-by-step process, was go and get a better understanding from the guy who runs the entire program for the state of Georgia. So I went to go talk to Sam Stowe, who runs Hunters for the Hungry and works at the Georgia Wildlife Federation, to just get his perspective on what the program is, who it helps, and why people participate in it. It's a small way that the hunter can actually give something back for everything they have taken. Okay, that's what uh, uh, the way most of our hunters view this thing. It's not just going out and uh, wholesale killing deer. It's, It's actually that we're doing something good. We're having to feed hungry folks. You know, I, I sit here in my office, and especially this time of the year, uh, I get a lot of calls from mostly probably single moms, I would say. There are a few single dads, but I get a lot of calls from those folks wanting to know where can I get some of this meat I need to feed my kids. And, of course, uh, I send them to the food banks. I guess I'm too much of a bleeding heart. And, you know, I feel when I hear some of these stories, uh, it really tugs at my heartstrings. I get calls from even the local food banks saying, is there any way we can get, you know, can we get any more venison? Can we please get some more? We need some meat. Step one, hunting. One of the best things that the Georgia Hunters for the Hungry program does is it simply allows hunters to do what they do every deer season, hunt deer. Uh, I've never gone deer hunting, so that was that was kind of the first step I needed to, to take was to learn how to hunt. So I asked my girlfriend's dad, Steve White, to kind of give me the basics on how to hunt deer. Um, he's, a, he's a seasoned hunter. He's killed deer before. He's actually killed one this season already. Uh, so he gave me a crash course through the basics. Um, he showed me how to climb a tree. Just test it, make sure it's good, and then you just physically start climbing. So you just pull out and see how this kind of dug out. Watch yeah. my feet. What you do is you lift up and then pull. Oh, kind of inchworming all the way up. Inchworming, yep. Now always kind of push down to make sure it's biting. Whew. How high was I? That was probably about, what, 10 feet? About like 100. How to, how to load a crossbow, um, how to even use the deer lure. Smell this. <laughs> Don't take a deep swill. Oof. <laughs> it's gamey. That's the no in rut lure. So after I had received my crash course in deer hunting, I went out one early Friday morning on Steve White's property with a crossbow, with the tree climber, with the deer lure, and I attempted to hunt deer. I climbed up in the tree, and I once I was about 20 or 30 feet up, I, I sat down and I watched and I waited. And it wasn't until then that I was struck by the beauty of, of the moment. Um, 
you know, I didn't have my cell phone on uh, and I could just kind of experience nature firsthand from a very unique perspective because you're actually there and part of it. You're up in a tree and you're seeing at eye level birds and squirrels wake up. You're seeing the sunrise. You're, you get to look down and see what it's like when, you know, nature wakes up in the morning. And it was a really beautiful moment. And while I was out there among nature, it did remind me of a moment uh, in the conversation I had with Sam, where he was saying what he really appreciated about hunting. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, man, it's, I mean, it's such a, it's a time that, you know, you don't worry about a cell phone, you don't worry about a computer. I mean, this time in nature, it's time you, you actually seeing God's creation out there. Step two, how to turn deer into venison. If I had killed a deer uh, that morning, the next thing I would need to go and do is take that deer to a meat processing plant to turn it into venison. Um, I was told to go to the meat shed, uh, which is in Eatonton, Georgia, and it's owned by Drew Copeland. Um, so I drove down to, to meet Drew to see what the meat shed was all about and to see why it was so uh, well regarded by hunters in that area and across the state of Georgia. All of our deer stay in here for a minimum of five days. We just let them age. That's cool. just, most places will cut them as fast as they can cut them, honestly. So um, just to make more room. But we're, you know, I'm pretty adamant about five days. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are five-day deer that we're cutting today. So, I mean, it just, it, the program really means a lot to me to, to help, you know, those that are hungry. I mean, you know, what, I see a lot of people that go other places. Mm -hmm and feed people overseas and different places like that. And I'm like, but well, we have a lot of hungry people that are right here. That's 100% hungry, so it's just gotta be ground. And, you know, we get it off and grind it. Now, do um, they have any uh, special instructions or you just have to grind it? No, it's just... all just ground meat. Cool. So, um, but basically, like I said, it's not a big deal. Um, but these are all the quarters. This is the hind quarters off of the deer. These are the the back straps, one of the best parts, and the inside loins, and this is a front shoulder. Oh, wow. So, and this is a bow-killed deer. Um, yeah, it might be right at 20 pounds of meat by the time we grind it up. Wow. There's, all... there's really not a lot, you know, on these small deer. Um, it's a, a minimal amount on a little one. But, I mean, 20 pounds of ground beef would be really expensive, especially for the... Um, oh yeah, no, I mean, it's great for them to get 20 pounds yeah. out of it, um, and, but, you know, basically we grind it, run it straight into the tubes, into these plastic tubes, and, uh, and it'll go, you know, to the soup kitchen over in Millersville. Yeah, this is a very tender, Yeah. Um, but these guys shot two with the bow, and they gave one hundred for the hunger and one to themselves. Yeah. Now, why do you think hunters want to get involved? Like, it seems like a pretty selfless thing to do is, you know, you kill yeah. this thing that could provide a lot for your family or for yourself. Um, and you and, decide and to they, like I said, there's, I don't know, I mean, they really like to do their part. So the program says they're supposed to have a field dress here, but we don't require deadly field dress here. Oh, really? Um, because that's expensive too. So we'd, uh, most places charge 10 to $20 to go dress a deer. Oh, wow. 
Um, we don't. That's uh, just not part of our thing. We don't charge for it. Um, now, it's the hunger program. If they don't have to field dress one, boy, they're all on board with that. Yeah. Um, all the hunters with hunger meat, I put them in just plain white bags. These don't need stickers. They don't get anything on those. Uh, It'll just be the uh, hunters for the hunger. That's the one. Step three, donating the venison. The next part of my journey was um, was really interesting. I, I got to go down to the Lilburn Co-op Ministry um, to meet David Bolton. He was the uh, building manager for the uh, for the co-op, and I got to see this this organization that helps families in the Lilburn area, not only with venison, not only with just food. But also with uh, clothing, with uh, with couches, with with uh, pretty much you can, anything that you can buy at at a local Walmart or Target. Um, David is working to get in the hands of these families. Kind of food we're grateful for. Like yeah. I say, the venison, yes. And again, as long as it's it's marked, so that if we give it to somebody and say, okay, are you okay with venison? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and especially if it's marked, whatever kind of, if it's, if it's ground, if it's, a, if it's a steak, if it's a flank. When I visited Sam Stowe, he gave me, you know, a number of how much meat was being donated. And he put that in perspective of uh, how many hamburgers uh, essentially were being, were being made, which is a great way to understand the, the amount of meat that was um, being used. But uh, after visiting David Bolton at the Lilburn Co-op, uh, he gave me a, a piece of paper that was a report on how many families were being served. Um, within a three-month period uh, at the food pantry, David said that there were over 1,143 families that were being served at, um, at, at his building alone in his area. And that was an average of about 88 families per week, um, which is amazing because you can look at the meat being donated from a hunter's perspective and say that's a lot of food going to good people, but you can actually see from the family's point of view how valuable this is. I mean, 88 families, that's an incredible amount of people being fed um, who need food. The lowest I have ever seen that number was at the end of April a year and a half ago, it was 70 families a week. Wow. In the three-month period of October, November, December of 2011, that number was 139 families a week. We were running food through here like you wouldn't believe. I think the biggest takeaway from this entire project was how impressed I was. Um, by the connection with people like of course it's donating meat to hungry people and it's people helping people but you know you, you you actually get to see people who are really passionate about hunting that go and do it every year um, and they take their prize this trophy this thing that they worked really hard to get that they could eat uh, Drew would even say uh, several times that people were hunting for their groceries um, and instead of doing that Instead of just using that meat to feed their families, they would say, I think this should go to somebody else. I think this should go to somebody who maybe can't go and buy
buy groceries, who can't put food on the table for their own children. Um, and that was probably the most uh, impressive thing to me because the amount of effort that's involved in hunting and processing the meat um, is a lot of work and a lot of energy and pe people take a lot of pride in being able to go and do that successfully. And just being able to say, I'm gonna give this to somebody else who needs it more than I do, um, was really impressive and kind of a beautiful act of uh, being, being a good human being.